Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. And welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and of course, producer Annabelle Lee to my left. Hi. Hi, Annabelle Lee. Coming up on today's show, the 27-year-old Melburnian who is now married to Kanye West, the rise of Amelia de Moldenberg and her red carpet chemistry with Andrew Garfield, Selena Gomez's new boyfriend is a curious character, and Miley Cyrus has officially cemented herself as the queen of the revenge hit. Her new song, Flowers, is everywhere right now and there are plenty of reasons to believe it's an open letter to her ex-husband, Liam Hemsworth. Cannot wait to dive into all of that. But before we do any of that, Zara, let's talk about our week. Yes, not the greatest week this week for either of us, for personally. And it's a sort of a funny job, this one, I think, because... When we have, by design of these episodes, a question baked in, which is, how was your week? Mm. It feels sometimes hard to know whether to be honest or not, or to tell the truth. But I think today when we were sitting there and we we have had a pretty average week together, it feels like a a strange betrayal to lie about that. Like it feels like a strange betrayal to reality or to what has been going on to come on and pretend that, that things just haven't happened. That said, you and I are like not really in a space where it's a conversation we're gonna have. And so then the other part of me is like, I have no desire to be deliberately mysterious or, or dramatic yeah. either. It's just sort of a funny scenario we find ourselves in. And I figured I just wanted to be honest about that. Yeah, I feel like it would be disingenuous and doing a disservice to literally everyone involved. Like the listeners, it's a disservice to them to be dishonest about what's actually going on or how we're actually doing. It's a disservice to the people in our lives who we love and also to ourselves. Like, yeah. I, and I want to make it really clear, and I'm sure you do too, this is nothing to do with like professional stuff. It's nothing to do with shameless, nothing to do with work. It's entirely personal life. But it would be a lie to get on this mic and be like, everything's amazing. I had a great week when that is just not the case. Yeah, and I'm sure at some point it will be a conversation that we have. 
But I, I do feel a bit lower on energy today. Yeah. I have for the whole week. Yeah. I think you have as well. So we said to each other, you know, what we say to people when people's weeks are hard or there's a lot going on in the world for whatever reason, we say, we'll be your sugar hit. So today... We're going to be our own sugar here. Yeah, we're going to distract ourselves. We want to give people a distraction with this show. We know a lot of you have tuned into Shameless and found Shameless in moments of feeling a little low. So we're going to do that for ourselves today. We're all going to distract ourselves and we're going to have a good time. And the new cycle's really helped out with that. Thank you to to Miley Cyrus. Uh, Before we get into really anything, Mish, there are a couple of work things we need to talk about. First and foremost... Shameless has launched subscription. We have launched Shame More, which is our arm of the business or the arm of the show, I really should say, that is for our listeners who want just a little bit more. A little bit more, a little bit extra. Get it? I need. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think they get it. (laughs) I need to tell the world this was Zara's idea. We were sitting around thinking of the name for our subscription service. Yeah, let's not say subscription was my idea. (laughs) But the name for sure. Because there are some incredible subscription names out there. Like we were looking at Zoe Marshall's The Deep becoming The Deeper. And we were like, that is inspired. Good job, Zoe Marshall. And we were sitting around racking our brains, be like, what can we do? And then one day Zara was like, I have it. (laughs) Shame more. So that was you. I still think it's inspired months after you coined it. Yes, it did take a little bit for people to get on board until they saw the visual of Mm. the less cut out, (laughs) the less crossed out. No, but if you are not on board or if you actually haven't seen our socials or if you're not on socials at the moment, Shame More is the subscription arm of Shameless Podcast. If you are not a subscription listener, don't worry. Nothing's changing. We don't want you to feel like your entire experience of Shameless is changing. It's We're all taking ex- away all the content. <laughs> no, it's all exactly the same. If you want a bit extra, if you want to binge Scandal and have all of those episodes drop at one time, that's what we've got on subscription. We yep. have early access to our Thursday episodes. We have ad-free content and we also have bonus episodes as well. Yes. So it's all there for you. You can only get it on Apple Podcasts. A few people have, of course, asked naturally, why just on Apple? What about Spotify? Truthfully, it was just a lot to get off the ground (laughs) and we thought let's focus on one and get the tech right for one and then once that's all nailed we can look towards what else we're doing yeah your gals wanted to deal with one tech headache at a time (laughs) one has been overcome we will probably start working on spotify soon yeah absolutely so thank you so much first and foremost to everybody who signed up there are so many of you and it's so very exciting but if you are still interested on that our link is in both the show notes and on our instagram bio We also have charity merch, Mish. We do. We've really come to the party this week. We have charity merch. This summer, we've decided to do charity merch bundles. So we have an awesome tote bag and cap that you buy together. They've been designed by an incredible designer named Steph Lamb. We love her work. We're, of course, doing them through the Small Business Sweater Club, as we always have. And then on top of all of that, we're donating our entire cut from every bundle, which is $10 per bundle, to a charity close to our hearts if you want to get all of the info on charity merch head to sweaterclub.com.au read about it there but it will be going live 10 a.m melbourne time on the day this episode drops so thursday the 19th of january get it while it's hot (laughs) it's hot i'm quite quite into i mean i'm a cap person i've always been a cat person because you grew up bayside (laughs) i also grew up by the beach i feel like it's big pocket rocket energy to rock a cap Pocket rocket energy is to rock a cap. I think so. I think if you can rock a cap and you're of 
shorter stature than the average, you're a pocket rocket. There we go. I mean, these girls always try to joke about me being a pocket rocket. I don't identify with being a pocket rocket, but if you, you want- You love you, being no, a pocket I, rocket. If you want to put that label onto me, I can't change it. I simply can't reject the compliment of a pocket rocket. Is, I didn't know it was a compliment. Yes. <laughs> I did. I knew the whole thing. Anyway, so charity merch is looking really, really hot this summer and I can't wait to see you guys all in it. So more details in our show notes as well. Mish, we need to get to recommendations. Yeah, we've done this in a funny little order today, but yes, recommendations. I went and saw A Man Called Otto at the cinemas on the weekend. Our book clubbers might remember we reviewed A Man Called Uva, which is the original title for this book. It is the Swedish title. For some reason, they felt it needed to be Americanized for anyone <laughs> in another country to Ooh, get it. Wouldn't want people to have to be pronouncing Uva. <laughs> they simply can't manage. Yes, they can. They could have managed. This has annoyed me. Yeah, it has annoyed me as well. But I do think it's a really, really sweet film. It has Tom Hanks. It also has Tom Hanks' son. Colin! Playing. Uh, is it Colin? <laughs> the other son? I don't know. It's, it's a son I've never seen before. Okay. I will put that out there. Probably and not Colin then. He's playing a younger Tom Hanks. As we know, having read A Man Called Uva, there are like flashbacks between current day Uva or Otto and olden day Otto. Otto is not the American version of Uva. <laughs> like, yeah, just what? make it Owen. If we <laughs> change it, just like really go for it. I'm sure that we can all handle Uva. Anyway, really, really sweet film. I do think the book was better. However, I do think it's a really lovely film to go watch, particularly one that I would recommend to go see with like a family member. I saw it with Mitch and he really liked it, but Mitch's parents frothed it and it makes me think my mum would also love it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the more beautiful books that exists. So I will be trying to watch this. I just never get to the movies. Yeah, you don't. You Have I you just, watched The Lion King yet? No. <laughs> I just don't get to the movies. Any it's of hard. the Twilight movies? Have we watched them yet? I watched the first one back in the day. I actually think a bit of bullying is sometimes valid and we need to bully you into watching the movies. It's just too much time. I don't have that much time. Two and a half hours to sit in front of TV. Like, Everyone has time. <laughs> but you for four hours on TikTok scrolling. Well, it actually sort of does actually undermine my recommendation because I watched the first five episodes of Breakpoint over the weekend, oh, yes. which is actually longer than a movie. You're such a freak for TV but you'd never watch movies. I, there is something about the non-committal nature of a series where you watch an episode and you can tap out. It's the knowledge that I can tap out if I want. She simply can't be a prisoner in the no, cinema. I, I, that's true. I feel stuck and then I get stressed. Now, Breakpoint, for those who don't know what it is, it's on Netflix. It's from the makers of Drive to Survive, our favourite F1 documentary, but it is about the tennis, of mm. course, coming into the Australian Open. It's a perfect time for it to drop. And a year ago, the producers of Breakpoint followed a few key tennis players to tell their stories. Now, the thing about Breakpoint is I'm sort of consulting a few different people, getting their bits of feedback, <laughs> and it is kind of a mixed reaction I'm getting. I adored it, but I appreciate if you're coming in from Drive to Survive, there's probably a little less sparkle or a little less drama with tennis. Tennis by design, I think, is a bit more of a refined sport. It's mellow. Yeah, mm. it's mellow. But for me, I've always been a, a pretty big tennis fan. But I think what I've struggled with over the last maybe four or five years is because tennis and tennis conversations were dominated so much by Djokovic, Federer, mm. Nadal, Murray, Serena Williams, that now a lot of those players are retiring. I'm left with this new gen of tennis players. Yes. And I don't know who a lot of them are. And so to watch this and to become invested in their stories is really nice as you're watching the Australian Open. 
because you care about these people. Yeah, for sure. I also think you guys will care about this even if you're not a tennis fan. I sat down and watched it with Mitch. We really enjoyed episode one. Haven't binged five in a row because I don't have the time. (laughs) (laughs) We don't all. (laughs) No, but yeah, it's really good. I think you guys would like this even if you're not a typical tennis fan. Truthfully, even if you're not a sports fan, maybe this is your entrance to sport. The listeners know we are big sports fans here at Shameless. Not all of us, apparently. (laughs) But we're big sports fans and this might be your entrance. It's I'm interested in the stories. Mm, the stories yeah. are always great around sport. And yeah. this is like all of that wrapped together. So I, I really, really loved this. It's kind of bizarre though. First five episodes are out. The next five episodes aren't out till June in six months before Wimbledon. So we've got to wait a little bit. I'm not sure yeah. how I feel about that, but I'll take what I can get. It's the opposite of The Bachelors, which by the way is halfway through the season. Eight days Eight in. Days in. <laughs> oh, really? Osha said in last that night's episode. Zoom. Osha literally said, ladies. You're halfway through the experience. <laughs> Bachelor's doing zooming. <laughs> sprinting around. Um, Mish, we also did promise the listeners that we would read Spare last week and we would come to the show this week with our thoughts. We have some fleshed out thoughts and I thought, why don't we start the show by sharing those? How far into the book are you? Three quarters. I think that's a fair enough time to have opinions. Yeah. There was a lot of war stuff, first of all. Yeah. It was like over 100 pages on war, which was kind of tough to get through. That's just an aside, though. What do you think about the book? I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. And that's hard for me to say as a staunch, you know, Meghan and Prince Harry Mm. defender and fan because I thought I was the kind of person who this book was written for. I thought I was just going to really love it. I didn't love it. It took me longer to get through than I thought it would. And I think a couple of key takeaways for me from this book is it's really, really obvious to me that he has a lot of trauma around the press, Mm. particularly around the death of his mother. I think Prince Harry throughout this book is obsessed and paranoid. And I, I did kind of read and wonder whether anyone could go through what he did and not feel the same. Like there is an interesting part of the book where his psychologist sort of tells him that he has an addictive personality and he's like, it's interesting to me that I never sort of got addicted to drugs or alcohol. And the conversation is basically you got addicted to the press. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly how reading this book feels because it is just, there are so many conversations about the press and the paranoia feels so real and you can understand how that happened. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, I mean, someone who has the most similar experience to Prince Harry would be... William yes and he doesn't seem to have the same fixation on the press which is interesting but I guess everyone experiences things differently that really has stood out to me three quarters of the way in I think one thing that I've noticed is that Prince Harry potentially paints all of the press with the same brush which I didn't think that he did before I went in it feels like every little thing every little headline cuts him deep like even headlines that he was getting when he was in high school or I don't know as a really young man. I was surprised about how much he read. He was fixated on it and I agree I think first of all the trauma around losing Diana is potent. He didn't even believe that she was dead for the majority of his life. He spent years convinced that she was in hiding or that there was some other amorphous thing going on around his mum. And that kind of, that intense sense of denial took me by surprise, I think as well. But one thing I feel reading most of the book is that there's a missing puzzle piece, which of course, like every story has three sides. There's your side, their side, and then the truth somewhere in the middle. And 
a lot of the stories that I've heard so far don't quite add up to me. Like I, I feel like something's missing or there's not enough internal excavation on Harry's side to wrangle with his own shortcomings, which we all have shortcomings. And what I love in reading a memoir is when a person is really open with themselves about their own weaknesses. I have not found an instance no, yet and where not. Harry has spoken about a single weakness or a single shortcoming on his part. Yeah, that was probably my main takeaway and the thing I struggled with the most to be totally honest with you is when I was describing it to people it sounded so silly to say that the only way I could think about explaining it is that it felt very one-sided mm. because the memoir by definition is one-sided but I agree with you I don't think I read one acknowledgement of self-awareness throughout the whole thing and I think the book was weaker for that I think the storytelling was weaker for that I think if you're retelling the story of an argument let's say you and I have an argument and I'm retelling that story I think it's a fair assumption that two people lead to tension escalate Mm-hmm. One of my favourite sayings of all time is 50% of conflict is your fault. Yes, that idea is very ingrained in me. So to hear Harry, for example, retell all these arguments that he had with Will and only tell the story of what Will did in the argument is quite jarring to me yeah. because I'm sitting on the other side thinking, but what did you say in this conversation? It's not kind of like a, a victim blaming angle at all that I'm coming into it with. It is just this idea that I do feel like you're getting half a conversation and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I would love to know how you feel about how you've contributed to this tension. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. I am really curious to see how this ages I think yeah I think he's written this from a place of real anger and it's a popular saying amongst writers like you do not write your best work or you do not do your best work I know he didn't physically write this he had a ghostwriter but you don't do your best work when you're writing from a place of anger you write your best work when you are coming from a place of like perspective and time and so I wonder how it will age. We are in the minority by not loving it. That's what also surprised me because I've often felt when I've consumed Prince Harry and Meghan stuff and, you know, watched their interviews that I've fallen very firmly in the camp of like really support them, really appreciate this. And then when I read the book and was reading a lot of the commentary online, I was like, oh God, I've sort of fallen out of this camp yeah and and it really does feel like a lot of people have really enjoyed this story which is totally their prerogative I think I would have more time for this book and this story if Prince Harry got to the end of this book and found the monarchy as absurd as the rest of us or maybe not as absurd as the rest of us but understand that the monarchy by design is a key reason for all of this happening but he didn't he doesn't have a problem with the monarchy or the firm he has a problem with the way that he was shut out of it and I think I found that harder because I was like if you come to me and you say you know what this institution actually thinks it's doing more good than perhaps it is Mm. and and maybe this has been the root cause of all our issues and systemic problems at play he never deals with well he hasn't at least from what I've read dealt with anything systemic no and I think I would have more time for that the other final thing is at the end when he's talking about getting this book deal and and he's talking about you know thank god now we can start our charity and I can get paid all this money and I can shine a light on the causes that matter to me (laughs) I was like if he honestly wrote at the end I wrote this story to pay for security for the rest of my life I would say fair play yeah yeah Yeah. I would say absolutely fair play he didn't he said 
now I've got this book deal, I can continue to do charity work. <laughs> and I just was like, ah. Yeah. There were just yeah. other, he could have won me over in different ways and he didn't. It wasn't a terrible read. I didn't find it riveting though. I found it quite slow and it wasn't what I wanted. I have to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Come talk to us about it, guys. I know a lot of you would have read it in the last week and we can't wait to hear your thoughts. Shall we get into the quick and dirty? Let's do it. We have five stories from the rough and tumble of the pop culture and celebrity news cycle. Michelle, ooh, having a little sip of water right now. I was to break the fourth wall. Having a very quiet little sip of water. Slurp, slurp. What have you got for me? My first story. Thelma Plum and Conrad Bien Steven hard launched their relationship, so let us bask in their hotness. That is from Pedestrian TV. A super quick one, guys. We have a new Rello on the local scene. A Rello? <laughs> a Rello. Yes. In local pop culture news, maybe our best local music talent. I mean, in my opinion, anyway. My favourite for sure. Singer songwriter Thelma Plum is officially in a relationship with former Bachelorette alum Conrad Bien Steven. Now, of course, Conrad made headlines in September last year because he and Abby Chatfield actually broke up. He then reportedly slept or hooked up with another reality star, Megan Marks, while they were filming the challenge together, Mish. Yeah, these two are, like, when I say these two, I mean Thelma and Conrad are a couple out of left field for me. Like, you know how there are kind of circles that people fraternise in in the local scene? I did not see these two overlapping in the Venn diagram, but they are together. They went Insta-official on Friday when Conrad posted a series of photos of them together with the caption, my girlfriend is the best, better than the rest. You should go vote for her on Triple J's Hottest 100. Like now, go do it. I concur. Go vote for Thelma Plum. Yeah, 1000%. I do have a potentially outrageous take if you'll allow me. Oh, please. Is Conrad Bien Steven on his way, he might be one more relationship away <laughs> from becoming Australia's Pete Davidson. <laughs> there is yes, something about Conrad. That is, is it, I gotta say, people love him. It's the same vibe. Yes, is it not. I think you're like more right than you're wrong. Yes, I would agree with that too. But yeah. I don't want Thelma and Conrad to break up. I love no, it. No, I that's love sorry. It. That's I why it's harsh. It. Yeah. He is one more relationship away from nailing yes. it, but. I obviously would like them to stay together. <laughs> yeah, well, he's on good terms with one of his exes. We know that the Bachelorette's Brooke Blurden, of course, the woman who he was pining for when he was on the show, commented on the relationship update. She wrote, love this and love you guys. That's it. That's the whole story. <laughs> that, that is the whole <laughs> story. <laughs> Our second story. Former Melbourne architect becomes global celebrity after marrying Kanye West. That is from the Sydney Morning Herald. We do have to say that all of these headlines around this week, by the way, guys, and I know you would have seen them, have marrying in advertisements. <laughs> no one's entirely sure if it's real or legit, but we'll get to that as well. This is quite the story. Reports out of the US over the weekend that Kanye West got married again and his new wife is from Melbourne. Hello. <laughs> Represent. I was about to say, like, what a gong, but I actually think I'm <laughs> Might be the opposite. No, yeah, it's true. Now, <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. Last week, TMZ reported that Kanye, known of course as Ye, married 27-year-old Australian architect Bianca Sensori. Now, the publication noted that the couple don't seem to have an official marriage certificate yet, though Kanye was spotted wearing a wedding ring recently. Naturally, Mish, people saw these headlines and wondered, okay, well, how long have these two been together? And it doesn't actually seem like too long. We know that they were first spotted together. I mean, this is according to my research on January 9 in Beverly Hills, which was just four days before their reported wedding. Yes, mind you, this is a Melbourne 
person and we have heard from melbourne friends that potentially these two were dating over a year ago well yeah have definitely been linked connected also saucy last <laughs> december kanye which is a month ago i know it's just last december last year it's now <laughs> longer away than it was kanye did release a new song called sensory overload which does of course seem to make reference to bianca's last name notably and i think this is probably a key part of this puzzle he did rap in that song about abstinence he said Said, and the Bible said, I can't have any more sex till marriage. So yeah. people are speculating that that is why they got married. Yeah, why well, you would jump into it quickly. It kind of makes sense. Now, this brings us to the question on everyone's lips. Who the hell is Bianca Sensori? Well, according to her LinkedIn profile, she is an architect at Yeezy. She has been with the brand since late 2020. She went to school here in Melbourne and then went to the University of Melbourne, my alumnus, <laughs> from 2013 to 2017, where she earned her Bachelor of Architecture. I have to say, like, Bianca looks like a stunning woman, first of all. Obviously, very intelligent to have her Bachelor of Architecture. She has master's as well. Her master's. She is a catch. Why is she marrying Kanye West? He is not a catch at all. He's done some awful things recently said some awful things bianca you could have had almost anyone dare i say why kanye yeah it's a pertinent question for sure i think from my mind my biggest takeaway from this is it's been a a big week for people in melbourne trying to connect themselves to kanye (laughs) every single man and woman and their dog has said oh yeah i went to school there oh yeah i'm one of my friends i know her i reckon every second person has tried to connect themselves to this story do you feel the same i haven't told you guys but she's actually my best mate (laughs) every single person is a celebrity hunter but i do agree with you kind of a strange one a bit of a strange story as well but alas they're not actually married, by the way. No, I don't I think they are. I refuse to believe I that. don't think they are, but they certainly seem like they're together. Yeah. Our third story. Everyone is obsessed with Andrew Garfield and Amelia de Moldenberg's super flirty exchange at the Golden Globes, and you need to see it. That is from BuzzFeed. I love Andrew Garfield, and I love Amelia de Moldenberg, <sighs> and I would love if they got together, but I do think Andrew Garfield, sorry, I'm jumping right ahead, I think he's got a new girlfriend, doesn't he? Incorrect. Oh. I did my research. Is he single? He was connected. We're jumping way ahead but you've taken us there so I'll talk about it now he was connected to Bridgerton's Phoebe Dinevor late last year apparently not together anymore they kind of like it seems like it fizzled it was never really confirmed we don't think they're together at least that was the vibe that I got when I was researching what about Alyssa Miller that seemed to go flat as well I was like chasing some (laughs) little leads it feels like he was just spotted with a couple of women maybe like casually dating all right now get me into this story with Amelia (laughs) DeMolberg now this red carpet interview from the Golden Globes is everywhere this week mostly because there is so much fucking chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Amelia DeMoldenberg that it's like a solar eclipse like you know that you shouldn't stare directly at it and yet everything in your body makes you want to when you see people flirting or having this you know intense banter do you feel like embarrassed in some way like part of me i feel like i don't know what it is i'm not embarrassed for them i think it's beautiful but i i feel like i'm in 
Maybe. You're a fly on the wall and it's like, oh, I should I leave. Be here. It feels yeah. like you're intruding on their yeah. privacy somehow. I completely agree. Now, if you guys are listening, thinking who the hell is Amelia de Moldenberg, her name might sound slightly familiar. She's the 28-year-old host of the viral YouTube series Chicken Shop Date, where she interviews some of the world's biggest celebrities in, you guessed it, a chicken shop. It was the clip of her interviewing Louis Theroux last year that sparked the whole my money don't jiggle jiggle it folds <laughs> movement, I don't know, cultural phenomenon. Now that was his interview with Amelia that got sliced up and turned into that song. She has actually been doing Chicken Shop Date since 2014. Seriously? I love this fact because I thought it was like a relatively new thing. It really burst onto the scene last year, Chicken Shop Date. It's been going on for almost 10 years and it only gained traction in like the latter half really. And I love stories like that because she really stuck with it. And she's now 28 years old and one of the most incredible, like of the moment people in media. Yeah, she's hugely of the moment. I love her. Yeah, and so the Golden Globes, Mish, picked her as their official red carpet interview and she wore this like golden dress, you know, golden globes. And she looked amazing. And on the red carpet, Andrew Garfield came up. Let's play a snippet of their interaction. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? You might. We must stop meeting like this. I only ever want to see you. What? At a, on like a, on a, on a, that's not the what? end of the sentence. That's not the end of the sentence. I only ever want to see you in these kinds of situations. What about other kinds of situations? Not interested. Gonna, not interested. I was going to invite you to my birthday party. When's your birthday party? The 30th of January. What astrological sign are you? I'm an Aquarius. That's your moon. If you have a sun sign that's the same as the moon sign of someone else. It's not good. No, it's good. Oh, it's good? Yeah. Why is that an issue? Well, because I don't, I don't think we should explore this. <laughs> I love when they go, hi, hi. Like, it's, it's so good. And also, like, you're the only person I want to see. Yeah. And also their body language. I know we can't quite show that over the podcast, but they're so awkward around each other. Yeah, it's... So cute. It actually makes me hope that they are going to date after this. Does Amelia have a partner? Amelia, from my research, does not have a partner. What makes me excited about this Andrew Garfield story is that Amelia de Moldenberg's last boyfriend was a celebrity she met on Chicken Shop Date. <gasps> oh, so, so she she's happy to... I mean, I can't think of another saying than shit where she is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is actually the worst saying ever and it's so crude. Yes, we could say that or we could just say mixed professional and personal <laughs> lives. <laughs> she is. She actually met the rapper H on her show. Like she interviewed him in 2019 and then they dated after that. They split in the middle of last year. So I have hope. Her and H, like when they were on Chicken Shop Date together back in 2019, everyone was saying how much chemistry they had. It really? Was this, it was like a carbon copy. I was looking at the comment section of the video. Everyone was like, this is insane. Like these two people are soulmates. Look at how well they get along. Look at their banter. Look at their flirtatious energy. I want this, like I want history to repeat itself. And I trust that it will. All right, well, you, there we go. That, and Michelle Oracle prediction. No, okay. I think they absolutely could get together and I hope they do. Yeah, for sure. Guys, we are going to talk about Miley Cyrus cementing herself as the queen of the revenge hit. But before we do, let's hear a word from today's sponsor.
Our fourth story. Selena Gomez is dating the chain smokers Drew Taggart following his split from Eve Jobs. That is from Us Weekly. Who's Eve Jobs? Eve Jobs, Steve Jobs' daughter. Oh, the- Stevie's. I love it. Steve called his daughter Eve. Yeah, and, and she's like the it girl of the moment. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I probably should have known that. No, that's all right. That's, that's fine. Now, <laughs> Safe space. <laughs> safe-ish. Now, <laughs> Selena Gomez has a new boyfriend, according to Us Weekly, and it's Drew Taggart from The Chainsmokers. Now, according to the tabloid, 30-year-old Gomez and 33-year-old Taggart Go bowling and to the movies while spending time together because apparently they're 12. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. What fun I, activities, Zara. I don't know why I did that. I think I my favourite thing about Zara in 2023 is she'll just fucking slam you for something <laughs> quite obscure. It's just, and, and it keeps people on their toes. It's a safe-ish space, yeah, as safe, you say. Safe-ish. <laughs> actually, it's also just Selena Gomez. Last week you said she was going to hell for wearing matching outfits. Oh, yeah, no, that's actually unfair. No, you know what? I think movies and bowling is, is quite beautiful. I'm just <laughs> In, in my, I'm just terrible at the bowling, so I'm probably just insecure. Now, I think the the more important question as part of this conversation is what do we make of Drew Taggart? What do we know of him beyond <laughs> that that banger closer mm. by the Chainsmokers? Now, closer, closer. What did I say? Closer, closer. You did. I was going to let it slide. <laughs> oh, I actually think it's much of a muchness. Potato, potato. You know what? A listener would say it to us though. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I just got your back. That's a listener will come over our pronunciation of Taggart as well. <laughs> now, the thing about the chain smokers is. The Chainsmokers have actually been living rent-free in my head for the last sort of five or six years. And I felt like this was maybe our opportunity to talk about that. Now, Drew Taggart and his Chainsmokers partner, Alex Paul, did an interview in 2016 with Billboard that is kind of entirely framed how I feel about these two. Yes. And I'm going to give you some of the details of this interview if you're interested as a bit of backstory on Selena's new boyfriend. We love holding seven-year-old quotes against people. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) In this case, we actually do. We do. Now, the headline of the story might give you a bit of insight. The headline of this Billboard story read, The Chainsmokers on ruling the Billboard Hot 100 and owning the Frat Bro label. Now, emphasis on the Frat Bro because that is going to be sort of (sighs) the operative term throughout this little conversation (laughs) now this piece had so many memorable quotes so many i mean taggart's first quote in the story was we rage every night and my mom's gonna hate reading that but she already knows (laughs) like okay he was 26 when he said this it wasn't like he was like a 19 year old he was 26 there's another passage from the story where the journal wrote these good time bros whose website bio includes the words 17.34 combined inches. Paul clarifies, oh, that's our penises combined. Tip to tip. Oh, God. <laughs> so they oh. measured their penises. And put it on their website. And then put it on the website. I also love that instead of just saying 17 combined inches, they felt the need to go 17.34. Yeah. <laughs> tip It's giving I'm not six foot, I'm six one, or I'm not 5'11, I'm six foot. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in this piece, I also found it kind of interesting, given the context of this story, and that Drew is actually rumored to be dating Selena Gomez, because he also had another really famous quote in the story where he said, Only Justin Bieber and Drake can hold a candle to what we've done. (laughs) Now we're influencing the industry, putting out songs everyone copies. 
imagine being at the chain smokers and saying Drake can hold a candle. <laughs> Congratulations, Jared Drake. You can pat yourself on the back because you haven't beat us yet. Now, I also appreciate that the next quote I'm going to read out is not from Drew, but Alex Paul. But I also feel the need to include it because I think if you said something this outrageous, I would expect people to hold me accountable to it too. Oh, we, we reflect each other. This is what Alex said back in 2016. <laughs> Even before success... <laughs> Pussy was number one. <laughs> Why am I trying to make all this money? I wanted to hook up with hotter girls. I had to date a model. <laughs> I am asking for permission. Can we please call this episode Pussy was no, number one? No, <laughs> we can't. Because please. all the apps will blur out, will, will star the words in pussy. Kitty is number one. Kitty, 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 Kitty is number one. Kitty, meow, meow. Now, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow is number one. All right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> kitty purr. <laughs> kitty yeah, All right, all right, stop. Stop. Garfield's number one. Garfield. Oh, all right, I love all right. That. All right, that's your best one for sure. Also double beating because Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah that's what we got that. We <laughs> get there. We got there. Garfield. A bit of double entendre if you don't mind. Now, oh. The thing about this is Alex said that, yes, how many years ago? Seven? Sorry. (laughs) Pussy is number one. She snorted. Not again. Sorry. (laughs) Where are we? We are at. um, Oh, I was going to say, so this interview was from seven years ago. Yes. Seven years ago. Alex, I think, was about 30 when he said that quote. He's 37 now. so embarrassing. So that's horrendous. In 2017 as well. Sorry, I know I keep going, but there is lots of evidence to my point here. (laughs) The Chainsmokers website detailed how, and I quote, they each graduated from prestigious Northeastern universities. They like hot chicks in yoga pants, (laughs) enjoy a good burger and have been... Shackers rejected from the many <laughs> menus they now play at. Send it, boys. Yeah. Send it. Now, in response to that train wreck of an interview, they had to do another with Enemy where they did some damage control where they said, I promise you we're not assholes. Drew Taggart said, people are like, oh, my God, they're such bros. And we're like, no, we're making fun of bros. I hope people can walk away from this article with a deeper sense of our purpose as artists and our true characters. We're in this gray area where people are like, I don't get it. Are these guys assholes or not? I promise you, we're not assholes. <laughs> what, like it's performance art? What is he trying? What, we're, we're sending up bros, but we're I, not we're, bros. We're being ironic. Yeah. is what they're arguing okay. as well. So now anytime I say anything mildly problematic or like mildly <laughs> dumb, I'm just going to say irony, guys, irony. <laughs> and that anyway, ladies and gentlemen, is Selena's reported new BF, albeit from seven years ago. She seems to like the bro vibe. Well, I mean, Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber is a bro. Particularly when she dated him. I mean, he's still a bro now. But the Justin of like the Selena Gomez dating era was even more of a bro than these two, perhaps. She yes. has a type. She Maybe she does. Let's see if it goes anywhere. Us Weekly are pretty confident, so let's just see. Any Oracle predictions? I think that this will just be a little blip. I think they'll be together for a couple of months and then it will fizzle. Interesting. Our fifth story. What the hell is going on with Phoebe Bridges, Paul Neskel and Bo Burnham's relationship? That is from Elle magazine. We will keep talking about this until you all care. 50% of you care. Our mission for 2023, our key performance indicator is 100% of shameless listeners. No. Caring about this love triangle. It's 75. I don't care if 100% don't care. 100% impossible. Impossible. The key to a good goal or good KPI is achievable. Achievable. I think it needs to be 75%. Now, 
As the headline suggested, there's been another development in the Phoebe Paul Bow love triangle. You might remember that last week we spoke about the rumour that Phoebe and Paul Meskell are over and that she left him for comedian Bo Burnham, who, as we also noted last week, was in a long-term relationship with a woman called Lorraine for almost a decade before these headlines popped up. We didn't know if they'd broken up or not. We don't even know what's going on now. But, Mish, this week we had photos of them papped at the airport. Yeah, they are... Dare I say, definitely a thing. No, I think that's yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, they were papped at LAX airport over the weekend. They were wearing matching black hoodies. They are absolutely together. This was the first time they'd been spotted officially by the media. Until now, we had to go off tip-offs given to Demois. But once again, Demois has done God's work and given us a completely true story. Yeah, exactly. Well, not completely true. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just temper this a little bit. Now, Twitter is incandescent with rage that anyone could ever leave Paul Meskell. And I think fair, I am also incandescent with rage that anyone would leave him. I mean, if I wasn't betrothed, Paul Meskell, (laughs) you know, I'd go for. Maybe even I'm married. I'm not putting it off the table. Yeah. Now, one of our favourite tweets which popped up over on Instagram over the weekend was from Hattie Soykin who wrote, the Bo Burnham versus Paul Meskell debate is nice because we as a society don't pit men against each other enough. (laughs) (laughs) Completely agree. Now, this, of course, if the breakup has indeed happened, which as I'm telling everyone, it it absolutely has. It's definitely happened. It does clear the way for a real life, normal people love story. We know that Paul Meskell and his co-star from Normal People, Daisy Edgar Jones, are best friends. She has said so on her Instagram in the last 12 months. They've remained very, very close years after filming Normal People. Could this mean that they get together IRL? I see it. I did text you both this on the weekend, didn't I? You did. Or did I just think You did in our little group chat. And I said, I honestly think this could happen because I wouldn't be surprised if at some point since these two met, there's been an instance of unrequited love that someone has loved the other. And then Daisy was in a relationship for a long time. Then she got out of that relationship. Then Paul was with Phoebe. That said, we do have to say that the three of them all did hang out. Like Daisy has uploaded photos of Phoebe Bridges on her Instagram before. But, you know, just because there's a goalie doesn't mean he can't. No, there's no gold in here. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> that is like the worst thing ever. Isn't that what people say? A, that would actually be th- being playing on the front row thing. Oh, okay, okay. She was being ironic. <laughs> right. Yeah, people say just because there's a goalie doesn't mean you, you can't, can't score. score when someone has a partner. It's like just <laughs> bang work. the person anyway. No, it didn't work. All no, I'm saying is didn't. you definitely see scenarios where the best mates get together. Yes. Even though they've all been friends with the ex-partner. Like you see this. The only hurdle and the only way I could see this not happening and the only way I could support it is Annabelle, we've also talked at length about the potential of Daisy, Edgar Jones and Andrew Garfield getting together. Oh, yeah, and that would free up space for me to date Paul. <laughs> I am available, Paul. But it's true because Daisy and Andrew worked together and they did like this interview together where she was like incredibly flustered and nervous around him. Yeah. It was really awkward. What's in the water that Andrew Garfield has been mentioned three times in one like episode? Because he's like incredibly sexy and incredibly charismatic. No, 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 I don't deny it. But one episode, we haven't spoken about Andrew Garfield Maybe, maybe ever. ever. <laughs> Actually, I, I should go. Can we go fact check that? We'll find out. I'll be able to go through our notes. Now, I do think there could be something here, or maybe just because I want it to be so that I'm like willing it into existence. But Daisy Edgar Jones posted a photo of her with Paul Meskell over New Year's. So they've been hanging out 
in the space between him breaking up with Phoebe Bridges. So fingers crossed this would literally make my 2023 if they end up together because I'm also happy with Phoebe and Bo Burnham. That feels That's the thing. Right. I'm happy with all of this. If Phoebe and Bo are in one side, we've got – oh, poor Lorene though. But then we've got oh. Lorene. Who dates Lorene? Maybe know. Lorene doesn't need a man. No, she, no, she doesn't. Lorene thrives. Okay. <laughs> then we've got um, – Lorene, eat, pray, love. Yeah. Her way around the world. 100%. Lorene sort of does the Miley Cyrus and does the independent woman thing. Absolutely. And then – I'm on board. We've got Daisy and Paul and then I do think Andrew and Amelia. So then what happens to me, okay. though? <laughs> just, I'm trying to insert just, myself back in the Are you going to fuck back on Hinge and date <laughs> first? <laughs> are you interested in Lorene? <laughs> Sorry, Lorene, I'm not coming to Italy with you. <laughs> All right. So, so wait, can we just clarify? <laughs> Amelia and Andrew, Paul and Daisy... Bo and Phoebe. Bo and Phoebe, Lorene, <laughs> Pray Loves, Annabelle. I guess I'll just stay here. Finally gets back on Hinge. Yes, Annabelle gets back on Hinge and dates someone from Melbourne. We're not having you move. Melbourne sucks. No, it doesn't. And you can do it. You can. 2023 okay. was meant to be the year of romance. You said it on the show. I know, regrets. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's all we've got for the quick and dirty. Thank you, next bitch. Oh, it's been a big week for Miley Cyrus. I don't think anyone could have missed the massive, massive debut of her new single, Flowers, as part of her forthcoming album, Endless Summer Vacation. But with the dropping of this song, Michelle, everybody is speculating about what it means and how many Easter eggs there are about Liam Hemsworth. Where do you want to start? Let's start with context yeah. for those, <laughs> as we love to do, for those who might not know a lot about Miley Cyrus's personal life. Of course, a lot of you listen to our Miley Cyrus Scandal series. It's one of our most downloaded of all time. Miley Cyrus met Liam Hemsworth, her now ex-husband, on the set of The Last Song in 2010. They dated on and off for several years. They married in 2018, but less than a year later were divorced. Now, Miley hasn't said who this new song, Flowers, is about. This new smash hit is about. It is a smash hit. It's a smash hit. But... There are more than a few Easter eggs to lead us to the belief that it's about Liam Hemsworth. Oh, absolutely. Okay, the buzz around this song, I think, initially started when fans noticed its release date, right? The new single dropped on January 13, which was Liam Hemsworth's 33rd birthday. Mm. So you might be asking, okay, the release feels interestingly timed. What about the contents of the song itself? Well, when you look at the lyrics of Flowers and the music video that accompanies it, you will be even more convinced that this is about Liam. Now, some of the lyrics include, we were good, we were gold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right till we weren't, built a home and watched it burn. Naturally, fans might remember that in 2018, Miley and Liam's home burned down in Malibu. And she later admitted that that incident, that losing of their home, was what motivated them both to get married. Yeah, she has spoken at length about how powerful this moment was for their relationship. She told Elle in 2019, when you experience what we experience together with someone, it is like glue. You're the only two people in the world who can understand. I would say that losing that house changed us more than getting married changed us. Mm. So I think there's no denying something so pivotal in their relationship. She's including it. That was also in the first verse. Like that's the opening line of the song. To include that, you want people to know straight away that this song is about 
Liam Hemsworth. Now, the lyrics about fire are one thing, but when you listen to Flowers, it gives a distinct feeling of another song, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? It does. When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars. Now, Miley hasn't officially sampled Bruno Mars for this song, but you could almost overlay these two and they sound like sister songs. Yes, I would agree with that. And obviously When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars is a song about a guy. It's actually a really annoying song, if I've got to be honest. I mm-hmm. When it was released, I loved it. It's like well, the ultimate love story, the guy who never appreciated his partner until she moves on <laughs> with another guy. A tale as old as time. That's the, what the whole song is about. And some of Miley's lyrics feel like a reply to that song. Should we go one for one? Yeah. Maybe I read out the Bruno Mars lyric. Yeah, I'll do Miley. Play Miley. Okay, Bruno. I should have bought you flowers and held your hand. Miley says, I can buy myself flowers. Write my name. Oh, the sass. <laughs> dramatic reading. <laughs> can you get increasingly sassy as we go? I was going to do it. Write my name in the sand. Bruno, should have gave you all my hours when I had the chance. Talk to myself for hours. <laughs> say things you don't understand. Bruno, take you to every party because all you wanted to do was dance. Now my baby's dancing, but she's dancing with another man. I can take myself dancing. <laughs> and I can hold my own hand. <laughs> the growl. <laughs> yeah. Girl. <laughs> I can love me better than you can. Nice. Bravo. There's no denying it's a reply. It's like, 100% a reply. It's like 1,000% a reply. Yeah. Now, you might be wondering, how did poor Bruno Mars... <laughs> get pulled into this yes well it was widely reported that after miley and liam's 2018 wedding that they danced to a bruno mars song together bruno mars was actually mentioned in wedding articles by e online and people which is about as legit as it can get yeah a video of liam and miley filming each other and dancing to uptown funk which is a bruno mars song with mark ronson also went semi-viral after their wedding on instagram he's their guy like you know how people have a couple song i would say that bruno mars at least publicly maybe not behind closed doors maybe they really didn't listen to bruno mars together at all the public knows that bruno mars is tied to these two as a couple and i think the other thing that might be interesting to have a conversation about is these other rumors that are rolling about because the other thing that you've seen online over the last week or so is that you know the reports that this was filmed in their old house in fact it was the house where he cheated on her with more than 14 women (laughs) that she wore his old suit in the clip the old suit that he actually wore on a red carpet when fans thought that he was being disparaging towards her for being too silly and I do have to say when it comes to these rumors the stuff is far less convincing Mm. I mean let's talk uh, first and foremost about the house because everybody's saying oh my god this is the house he cheated in what a power move I don't even think this house is hers some people are actually reporting that it is but we cannot find anything conclusive to prove that we went through all the photos all the houses she's bought over the years and none of them look exactly like the house she filmed in not even that close to be honest no and I think for me if she filmed it in a house she owned as an easter egg you'd want the house to look really similar to what people can find online yes because if it's an easter egg you want it to be pretty easy for people to connect the two so if it's not obvious i'm gonna say it's just not true also from a security safety standpoint i am just not sure if an a-list celebrity would give you part of the floor plan to her house and you can see kind of like corridors and external doors out to the backyard and stuff like that truly i'm not 
sure a celebrity would do that in a music video i know they do i guess they do architectural digest though so maybe i'm going against myself here yeah maybe she's in a gated community you know what scratch everything i just said privacy argument's not strong (laughs) yeah okay if i can go back 45 seconds everyone pretend i didn't say anything and this is where i'm picking up my next point go we don't think that's the thing did liam cheat is the next big rumor circulating on social media did he cheat with more than 14 women we have truly no idea how this became so big and how so many people have just re-reported this as fact. When we dug for the source, we found that it originated with an account called Pop Tings <laughs> on Twitter, who wrote, The house where the music video for Miley Cyrus's Flowers was recorded and was previously used by Liam Hemsworth to cheat on Miley with more than 14 women while they were married. What does more than 14 mean? So 15? 15? 15? I don't know. I'm confused. I have no idea where this has come from. But it did get 10,000 retweets and 50,000 likes on Twitter and 500,000 likes over on TikTok. I find this hard because there's literally no proof or no conversations that have ever really happened about either of them cheating on each other. I mean, Miley has flatly denied cheating on him while Mm. they were married. And there are always rumors around relationships, but it's not like this is a certain thing that we know that he cheated on her. So the way that people are taking this as fact and running is always alarming to me without actually digging into in any way where those rumors came from Mm. the final rumor as well as i spoke about was the suit rumor and i think we should impact that for a little bit as well our listeners might know that in the years after liam and miley broke up people have looked back at some of the red carpets that they've done together where they think he seemed kind of embarrassed of her there were moments where she was being silly she might have been grinding on him they tried to lip read and in some instances they accuse him of saying behave or something like stop it yeah stop it Smiling, of course, but people are naturally deducing their own meaning from those red carpet appearances. Now, people on TikTok and Twitter reckon that she wore his suit while dancing around the house. I am entirely unconvinced <laughs> that this is his actual suit. You I were mean, doing some serious zooming in on lapels of suits. There were buttons on hers. Like it's an oversized female suit jacket I would say it's an oversized female blazer it's not a men's blazer I do think the pants are designed to look like men's which says to me that she actually does want this to be part of the conversation that she probably does want this to be vague I reckon if you are a celebrity right who's writing a revenge song like this making it super obvious that it's about your famous ex-partner and you're easter egging the way that you'd probably do it is you'd sit down quite clinically and say, what are the famous viral moments that people talk about in the yes. wake of our breakup? Yeah. And you'd sort of make a list of things that you could include that you know people know about. I would say that these red carpet moments are one of them and her putting on an oversized suit is maybe nodding to that. I think she's absolutely referencing yeah. it very potentially. This is where things get annoying online. People take a fact and then add all of this extra stuff on top of it to make it a non-fact. Like she's not wearing his suit. It's not the same suit. Same as the Bruno Mars thing not being her song. It's the same artist. People just take it to the next level. She's referencing things. She's not directly pulling those things in yeah 100% I mean regardless of all of this this song has worked for Miley Mm. Cyrus I can't remember a time that we've spoken about her so much in the last sort of five years apart from our scandal series but that was looking back I mean according to reports this is her biggest single ever at the time of recording the video has more than 42 million views that's in under a week what's more than 42 40, do you mean 43 <laughs> the video has more than 41 million views yeah, I know. and is the top trending video on YouTube it's an incredibly entertaining film clip I don't watch many film clips the second half of it when she's dancing 
in that house by herself is amazing. See, I love the whole thing. I think my favorite scene though is her in the pool and then her working out yeah. on like the patio. It's also just a beautiful video. Like everything is stunning. It is hot. It is absolutely a moment, which I feel yes. cringe even saying that, but this is a moment. It's almost giving like Kylie Minogue hot pants era. Yeah. I feel like this will be something that people reference and that people find iconic for a very long time. I am obsessed. I wonder what she's going to do with this album now because this is just the beginning. So I feel like we're going to hear a lot more about Miley Cyrus in the coming weeks and months and a lot more Miley Cyrus headlines because she's going to be well back in the public domain. Well back. Well back. <laughs> Guys, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much as always for listening and supporting the show. Thank you once again for supporting Shane Moore. As a reminder, merch charity merch dropping at 10 a.m michelle what else should we tell them i'm staring at you blankly i don't i uh, just keep supporting us there. Keep <laughs> come on social us. media at shameless podcast on instagram on tiktok at shameless underscore podcast we put some snippets up of the recording so if you want to see what it looks like irl and see us kind of in the flesh come follow us over on tiktok annabelle lee anything else to add nah nah babes nah, nah, babes. Babes. nah babes see you guys on monday pussy's number one <laughs> no <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs>